This episode is sponsored by 12th Street Sound, a recording studio in New Westminster run by owner and engineer Anthony Santorini. Anthony has worked with award-winning acts in all genres, and he's known for his professional approach to making great records at affordable prices. Make your 2023 memorable with your next production, recording, or mixing project. Go to 12thstreet.ca to learn more. That's 12thst.ca to learn more. Thanks to Anthony at 12th Street for sponsoring the show. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and on this episode, we welcome back Francis Arevalo. Francis is a rapper, producer, and community organizer who explores personal struggle and growth through introspective lyrics and smooth delivery over soulful and uplifting beats. Together we chat about his debut full-length LP, Heat Check, his approach to production, basketball, and more. Let's first take a listen to a cut off of Heat Check. This is I Can't Wait. Said he would do it, he's got something to prove Watch him using the music, he's got people to move A human to be, a truth to uncover He's building a team that's filling the dream With good rhythm and vision to see In position to teach, within him there's a mission to reach An ambition to be a leader with the team that we keep in the blood. Well Francis, uh, thanks again for coming back on the, on the show Just to break the ice a little bit What have you been listening to lately? You know, <laughs> up until the last couple of weeks Probably like the final mixes and masters of this album <laughs> I, I swear the last like year or so has been 80% listening to like those works in progress. Um, but lately, as I've like freed my mind up and my ears up to listen to other music, uh, I've been really enjoying um, Clarita Records uh, re- releases. Um, they're a duo based out of Vancouver, Filipino uh, rapper and beatmaker duo, where every time they release something, I'm like... I really wish I made those songs. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, the discography gets a lot of replay in my car. And uh, that's the name of the project, or okay, cool. That's the name of the project. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really focusing on the lo- on the local content as well, which is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is your third appearance on Pacific Sound Radio, and the last time we had you on the show was roughly two months into the pandemic. So that was a video interview. So it's really nice to have you in person and talking mm-hmm. to you. What have been some highlights for you um, over the past couple of years, especially with the worst of the pandemic behind us? Yeah, I think the the biggest highlight, especially as like lockdowns um, eased and I started to feel more comfortable to meet with people in person, um, was collaborating on music in person, like in studio, in a uh, rehearsal space, um, or just like an, at our homes, um, just meeting uh, meeting up with friends who have been longtime collaborators or people that I met through the lockdowns like, virtually who, where I wanted to be like um, more involved in music with them. I think really experiencing music in person 
um, reminded me so much of why I love music. I think it was really easy to fall fall a bit out of love, I guess, uh, with it being so uh, almost like sterile at, at times, trying to or like uh, like devoid of just human connection throughout uh, the lockdowns. Um, yeah, I think my, some of my favorite highlights in the last couple of years have been uh, doing music in person with people. You've been you've been uh, busy releasing music as well, and you know we're gonna get into um, one of your bigger releases that's coming out very very soon. Um, but since we last had you on the show, um, you dropped a new EP last year called uh, Threes and Freeze, um, which is kind of hard to say now that I try and say <laughs> it out loud. Um, the the EP features entertaining live cuts of you participating in battle raps, uh, and I even m- might have heard you drop some swears. <laughs> on it maybe oh, i can't but, remember <laughs> <laughs> um it it was really uh really fun listening to those live cuts especially and i'm curious as has, as to how you would describe your strategy for taking down an opponent in a battle rap scenario mm. and obviously you want to be clever while not being too personal or hurtful yeah totally i'm you know a bit of context behind that is like someone uh one or two of the promoters has been, had been asking me to um to participate in a battle rap for I think a year or a few, a couple of years prior to that. And I always declined it. Cause I, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't felt feel like maybe ready or my personality wasn't suited for it or whatever. I made up a bunch of reasons for it. Um, but finally saying yes. Um, I feel like I needed to prove to myself that I could handle the pressure of, uh, yeah, of, of a battle of wit basically against someone else. And, um, I knew that going into that, how I needed to approach it to just keep myself sane was to just like write the best possible thing. It doesn't matter what the other person says, because if I get too wrapped up in like uh, his uh, retorts or his like comments about me, I'll probably like lose my edge or like lose my focus. So if you in the video version of it, um, I'm like trying very hard to like ignore everything he's saying to be honest um and just stay locked into like what i prepared for which was like a really sharp performance with words that i spent like hours and hours and hours like pouring over um so i think the the biggest thing that i would offer to anyone stepping into that space or uh or myself again um is just is prepare practice uh and like execute uh, to your highest highest level I actually appreciate that insight because <laughs> coming from someone who doesn't, I haven't even seen a battle rap performance before. And I was under the <laughs> perhaps naive impression that the majority of it wasn't completely off the top of the mm. top of the hat. I know there's some guys that are so good that they can do that, but yeah, I was not that <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even going to pretend to be that. Like, I think I might, might have like, uh, like took something that he said and then flipped it in like a couplet or something. But otherwise most of what, uh, or like 99% of what you heard is like written written in advance. I guess it's kind of like how, you know, you'll see bands have extended jam sections for a song, but like they rehearse the jam, even if it looks spur of the moment. Totally right. Yeah. That's cool. Another thing that you did recently, which is uh, connected to, in a bit of a different way, is uh, you published Moments in Rhyme, Volume 1, in early 22, with a limited print run, including poems, lyrics, and journal entries collected from 2009 to 2019. Curious, uh, you know, we've had you on the show, we've really talked about how a lot of your lyrics and your art is deeply personal, so I'm curious as to what it was like going through a decade's worth of your work and charting out that evolution as a person. I imagine there's kind of like a time capsule that you were 
peeking into while looking over these writings. Totally. Um, I, you know, the initial intention for that project was that I felt like I needed to like give that era some closure. Um, and also because I found that some of the things that I had written I'd not yet fully produced. So they were making their way into like this, the second decade of my writing career. And so I feel like I needed to give them, uh, I needed to honor and celebrate them in a, in a really intentional way. And, uh, and also I think it was just really like therapeutic for me <laughs> to look back all the different ages and different versions of me that have existed in writing. Um, yeah, I, I probably won't do that print run ever again. It was really just like a, I need to do this once to kind of like lock it, lock it in time. Um, and so that I can move on and free myself up for, yeah, the next era of writing. Were there any new revelations you were able to uncover about yourself going through that process? Yeah. Is that there are, I feel like there are elements of my, my writing and my just who I was as a person from back then that maybe I'd like lost touch with. Um, for example, like there are some like really like goofy, silly, nonsensical, um, but I, I think super dope like verses and stuff that are especially like earlier on um, when I had, when I was like in like theater spaces and like spoken word um, where I want to bring some of that like goofiness and silliness back um, because I felt like there was a time where I uh, I really, me for necessity and by choice, is like I would really lean into the personal storytelling elements. Um, but also like there's, I don't know, there's power in like being goofy. <laughs> there's power in humor. And I wanted to bring some of that back in to, to where I'm at now. So your next release, Heat Check, is your first proper album after a handful of EPs. In what ways did you approach this release differently from your previous projects? I definitely spent more time per song on each, whether it was like refining the writing or the, the composition and the beats that I was making um, or like the mixes and the mastering. Everything took like 10 times as long as I maybe normally would have. Um, even just for for comparison, like that threes and freeze EPs. Like I probably got the idea to put that out like a couple weeks before putting it out. And it was just like a, a gathering of, um, of songs that actually almost made the album like they were going to be in, in album consideration um but they weren't so they became their own little project and then i like uh, roughly mixed and mastered them and then threw, threw them up um i think with heat check i really wanted the the core concept that tied it all together to be really clear and um i wanted the listen from top to bottom to be smooth even though it it, there's like dynamics and changes in tone and speed and all that. I wanted it to be a smooth listen from top to bottom. And truthfully, like the track list probably changed over a hundred times. And like, that's not an exaggeration. Like I, I might've every few days, like took songs out, put new songs in, um, like rearranged the order, changed the track titles. Like I was always tinkering like every, every, yeah every day i was tinkering somehow um with the project whereas um the threes and freeze eps and probably like the other eps that i'd released before that like the attention and the the care was like just just less i think like i would just kind of cobble something together and throw it up um whereas this feels like um 
there's a new cra- there's like a craft in putting a project together that I uh, started to tap into with this one. And how many songs total were you working with that you whittled down to fourteen? Oh man, um, somewhere between like thirty and forty, maybe. Yeah. So, but and they're all finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's like a there's a whole other project. There could there, there could be like an extended version or um, deluxe edition. A deluxe there edition. You, you know, every ten year yeah. anniversary or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I might just leak a, a leak a mixtape or something. But um, yeah, it was it was it was hard. It was hard to try and get it to concise and concise and robust listen. At what point did you have to go, no, I have to stop. This is, I got to print this and go like, no, this is the set track list. Yeah. I, I gave myself, um, I gave myself the April, uh, 27th, uh, release date to be a hard date. And then, so that's like two or three weeks from now, I think. Um, and so I would work backwards from that. And basically I set myself, um, up with different hard deadlines based on that release date. And so whenever I was, approaching a date i'd never wanted to be late i never wanted to be uh like delaying the project any further so i th- i can't remember the exact date but sometime in march i needed to call the track list and um and here we are because otherwise i would have tinkered forever probably i was reading a book by jeff tweedy he was a man called wilco and he had this bit where he was talking about songwriting and basically saying that like once the song's finished like you know he's it's like put pause and gone like no it's done i have to i have to end this it's not his anymore like it's someone else's yeah you, you know with with this project um i i wanted the core like visuals and core uh concepts holding the project together to be really clear so that i can understand it but i think i, I really resonate with that like once this is uh once these songs are you know, finalized um in in these versions and um and they're released out into the public like i can't control how people like into take it in i can't control what people make of these songs for themselves so um i think i needed to get these concepts clear for my own sanity and for my own um kind of like how i found closure in that like decade of writing with the moments in rhyme release similar thing where like i needed to find peace in this clear project so that i can find some peace uh in not tinkering with it anymore um and yeah i really hope you know people take it however they take it and it's not mine to to skew this might tie into what you're saying with working with approximately 30 to 40 songs um heat check is the first installment in a three album trilogy called the sound of healing what is this trilogy all about and how does um, this first release fit into the narrative of this three album cycle? Totally. So um, the three, so it starts with three EPs um, that I, I've released over the the last, what, I, oh, between 2018 and 2020, um, I released three EPs. Uh, one of them was the Heat Check EP, one was called the Sound of Healing EP, and one was called the Homegrown EP, and these were all uh, EPs that I I think like they had like the seed of an idea, but I didn't have the production chops. I didn't have the understanding of like the the musical understanding to communicate my ideas and the kinds of beats and and things I was composing. Um, but when I when I chose to work on a longer form project this year honestly like 
I have a hard time being like, hey, which, which of these projects do I want to revisit and make into a full thing and give it the full like album focus? And honestly, like I'd work on like this this heat check album for a little bit and then I'd be like, ah, you know what? I think actually Homegrown should be the first album. And the, I think the, the middle uh, EP should be the first album. And I'd keep rotating like which one would come first. And then I realized like, um, if I think of them as all part of the same route, but like touching on the same uh, stories or themes, but told in three different like feels and um, collections of songs, then for me, that was like the clear concept that like um, gave me peace to release it as a trilogy. Um, so the, the, the reason that I called it the sound of healing, I think there's, there's really, um, three three pieces that I'm I'm trying to get at. One is um in um the the Sound of Healing EP, I touch on the story of um of being diagnosed with bipolar disorder and like and uh having my first and only suicide attempt and and what co- what comes of that. Um that EP was uh an exercise and like a, a, it was therapeutic for me. It was like to really understand what happened during that year and a half of my life, and putting it in, you know, trying to um, m- make sense through musical journal entries, basically, of how to heal um, what had come up for me during that time in my life. Uh, the second piece is like healing my relationship with my inner child, which is what the He Check EP is, uh, He Check uh, LP is. And then the homegrown LP, which is the third to come out of the three, um, is really like coming to peace that I don't, ha- coming to terms with and finding peace in the fact that I don't, I can't control um, what my future will hold, um, but only that I can like make progress in my life by staying present and making do with what I can with the people around me. So uh, those three things like constellate to make uh, what that trilogy is about. Yeah, and I'm curious as to like, obviously, because we're uh, you know just going through the process of dropping uh, heat check. Are you looking to? Because I imagine you're already writing material beyond these records. Are you, I guess, hoping to get to a point where like, all right, I've got these out. Now I can you know move on and say something else with my art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of going back to the moments of rhyme thing, um, like. I need to find closure and peace for these songs. Uh, and then, so how I f- feel the best way to do that is to create, um, yeah, this trilogy of music. And um, while I'm working on these songs, I am thinking of like, it, it is kind of like making way for what I want to do with my art after it. Um, and that really excites me as well. Um, three years to get there (laughs) yeah but i I am working on new material already nice one thing i noticed while listening through to uh heat check is that basketball is referenced on a number of tracks um and i'm curious as to the thematic connection between the sport and the challenges you've overcome in your life's journey Mm. basketball has been uh, a a practice a, a ritual just like a a habit in my life since uh i was as a kid 
um, whether it was like playing uh, by myself, um, school or um, at lunchtime or recess or, um, you know, joining teams and stuff throughout high school and competing at that, competing that way. Um, music, uh, basketball is kind of like the core activity um, that I spent like a lot of my young life with. Um, and so it, it gives me, it gave me so many, uh, lessons like, uh, like to put in the work to achieve your dreams or like the concept of community and teamwork. I first learned in, in basketball in a really concerted way. Um, I learned what it feels like to lose, learn what it feels like to triumph. I learned what it feels like, um, to, to persevere through adversity. I think a lot of uh, what I learned through playing it and what I learned through being a fan of the game um, became core metaphors and core um, lenses through which to understand just how, how I move through the world um, and in music. And when I think of, when I think when I was mentioning those um, like core visuals and core concepts that hold heat check together, what's happening in my head is like present me has gone to go shoot hoops with younger me and the two are having a conversation and then the result of the conversation is this album yeah so like whether it's not necessarily like at this point not something that i'm trying to like make a movie out of or like a, a film or a stage play out of but it's the it's like the setting in i'm like understanding these songs from to tie it all together in a neat way well that provides some uh good context for me just again listening through it with like sound effects of like a of a court and stuff like that so yeah that's a, a psychological basketball game between yourself mm-hmm. yeah it's really it's really interesting you said something about like you know the lessons you can learn from basketball and of course like sports in general did you have a chance to watch that bill russell documentary they dropped on netflix no i actually haven't oh well you should check it out um it's like two parts um and it was released like maybe a year after he, he passed away but there was this uh, two kind of interesting moments that stood out to me was uh i think they were talking to one of his roommates or talking to bill and um the way that bill thought about basketball he thought of it like mathematics and also like art which i thought was really interesting like that kind of perspective of um how um, like connection between different things that seem disparate, like say sports and art, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah, I think um, e- even when when I'm, I'm working in, in community or working with other artists or thinking of my role of uh, or what role I play in my own music, like I always think about like the role of a point guard um, in uh, in basketball because that's the that's like the the position that I played and uh, I think of it as like, I want to be able to like get my points, like get, get my buckets uh, and score on my own terms. But also like the role of a point guard is to facilitate and to, to support the, their team and to make um, their team be the best they can be. And so I like to think of myself in music as like a scoring point guard <laughs> where I can, I can facilitate, but I can also like uh, put up my own record. Yeah, and I guess uh, kind of speaking to that, especially like the the foundational idea behind uh, teamwork is uh, you you know, produced Heat Check under uh, a moniker uh, Nuxtaman. Mm. I pronounced that right. Yeah, totally. Okay, good. Uh, in collaboration with uh, Shaquille Headley and Yato 
Nuku Nukuzi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Um, what was the process like developing, you know, beats and just the sound of the record alongside two other collaborators? Totally. Actually, um, th- those are two of like maybe like twenty five to thirty collaborators. Oh wow! On the project, yeah. Um, they they those two um, we we co produced. Um, do you together um but uh across the project like between uh co-producers musicians uh engineers vocalists i can't remember the exact number but it's like between 25 and 30 people and um yeah like teamwork plays really key into into making all that happen um as a producer of my own music what it generally looks like is like maybe nine out of ten times what i'm doing is taking the music like 80% of the way there. And then the 20% that's remaining is I like pass it off to a teammate or invite a teammate in to like jam it out or something. Um, because they bring something that like, I can't like they, they enhance it. They bring their own uh, stuff to the table to make the song even better and take it where I think it can go. Um, and then that rem- that like one out of 10 times, it's usually me finishing the song like by my own, uh, on my own, um, but I think that like happens maybe once on this project. I really, I really love collaborating um, and working with with musicians, and um, I think my projects are really be- the better for it, and they wouldn't be what they are if not for the people that I get to to work with. I'm curious uh, how much um, new instrumentation, like or recorded for the project, instrumentations on the release. Just because I know with mm. with beats, like you you can make mm. any sound you want, but it's always great when you have like new new recordings for for beats totally yeah um i mean i don't know the percentage but most of the most of the songs on there have some like live instrument on it um just thinking of like the first single um the the first single i can't wait has like live guitar live bass um a piano um like a road sound live drums i think and those are all like all things that i couldn't play on my own like as well as that they showed up on the record so um yeah that was my friends playing playing on the track nice yeah yeah Yeah, that's awesome it's kind of like a like i i kind of like make the bed track and then (laughs) and then they uh they take it further yeah it's just uh and again there's plenty uh plenty great hip-hop releases where you're you're listening to it and you're like oh this beat was built entirely in the computer but it's Mm -hmm. always uh, I always appreciate it when there's uh, instrumentation on there that like, no, 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 we recorded this for this release. And I, I imagine, um, especially with like times I've seen you live and clips I've seen you live, uh, there's some probably some plans to keep that going where you have live instrumentation on stage with you. Yeah, like it's it just gives me so much life. Like it's so it's so fun. It's it's how I think I I really want my music to sound. Uh, in that it's such a full sound, but also it's never the same, like show to show. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just like, I just love working with more people. And if I can, if the show calls for it, then I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. What's the most meaningful song off of Heat Check to you and why? Good question. Um, one song that I keep coming back to um when i when i when i feel like listening to the album one of the songs that i'll always uh come back to is sunrise at mount pleasant 
Um, so Sunrise at Mount Pleasant is um, like a four-minute like song of introspection, basically, and reflection. A um, couple things there. The, the title, Sunrise at Mount Pleasant, refers to playing on the Mount Pleasant basketball court at sunrise by myself um, and like just working through my thoughts as I'm, as I'm putting up some shots. And um, the song opens with... Um, just don't be a disgrace, okay? And what that's referring to is the sound of like a relative of mine that said I was a disgrace for pursuing music. <laughs> yeah. So Ow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that song is um that song is like the sound of me working through the thoughts that come from a statement like that. Um and that was like earlier like early on in my journey of of being an artist and musician was when i had that interaction um but i'd never like worked through it for myself to figure out like like how do i find peace in that statement and then or, or am i even trying to like change that person's mind like is that my job or whatever all whatever the, these thoughts um uh turned into um i tried to address it on a track for myself what are you hoping fans get out of heat check mm. um as fans of the music i hope that um they're they they're entertained i hope that they they find some new songs that they love and and uh that that means something to them um i hope that uh the music offers them like energy and inspiration to like go after what they're doing in their, their lives. I, I think like musically, like sonically, I think this project is very like probably what the, the highest, re- highest energy releases that I have. And so uh, whether it's like, whether they're actually going to go play basketball or go play a sport or something. Um, and, and like, that's the medium that they're trying to uh, pursue or just like like applying these songs in their own lives to give them inspiration um yeah i hope it can be like of support or of value for their lives um and then as maybe as like if there are any fellow like artists or producers or whatever that listen to it as well i'm thinking like i hope people can hear craft in it the craft in it and maybe like the clarity of concept um and that it like inspires them as well one thing uh i noticed especially with heat check and also with you know the majority of the music that you've released is that of course uh you know really uh personal lyrics touching on a lot of uh you know in uh some cases pretty heavy heavy themes though your music has like a very uh, like sunny and soulful vibe to it. Is it um, one of those cases where for you it's really important to have that counterbalance? Because I know you know there's plenty of uh, plenty of hip hop artists where if they're you know really dealing with something heavy, like it's really reflecting like in the in the beats. Um, I'm sure you you must have listened to that uh, the latest uh, Kendrick album, but there's that one one track where he's having an argument with his with his wife which is uh yeah that's one of those songs that i only ever want to listen to once <laughs> yeah for but, sure yeah i'm just curious about that because like again that's something i i definitely uh notice is that mm. like sounds you know 
there's a uh music's like very uplifting and um uh yeah it's very upbeat while you might not be talking about upbeat stuff all the time i think i think for me regardless of the theme or the the topic that i'm talking about i always want there to be a sense of hope or a sense of like like stating the reality of the situation and then being like from here i'm going to do this or from here i believe that this is possible um even on like my darkest i think like darkest or like heavier um records i think i think that's always present because that's just how i move through it as a person um like if i yeah if if i let these like dark things uh overwhelm me and i'm hopeless <laughs> like i probably i'm not sure if like releasing music should be the mm-hmm. my, my main focus <laughs> um so if i if i want to um for me for me music is an extension of like that core desire to be supportive to my community and so if these um, pieces can offer support for people that are going through their own things then yeah, I want to be intentional um, about uh, keeping hope alive in the songs. Gotcha. Better than wallowing in it. Because <laughs> I know, just speaking for myself, there's plenty of artists where, like, you know, I, I really vibe with, um, you know, especially the sadness that they're getting across, but sometimes it can be a bit too much to listen to them at certain points. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, I, I... Especially as someone that, like, I, like I listen to the, my works in progress so much, if I don't, if I put, if I surround myself with too much music that is like downtrodden and like, uh, like wallowing and ruminating on like the difficulties that I've been through, then I'll probably stay in that headspace. Mm. And I, I kind of don't want that to happen. Yeah, fair enough. Um, kind of, uh, this ties into again, like, you know, especially the beats and the atmosphere and the vibe that you're putting across with your music, and especially since you produced, um, this record and you have also started producing for other artists i'm Mm. curious as to what producers inspire your approach to uh b creation specifically Mm. yeah um i do think like i think of really like particular records i think that come to mind so like um uh jay-z's blueprint and black album you know like um oh and uh what's his name uh lupe fiasco's food and liquor uh album um uh more recently brass tracks uh and their discography um and then i'm also like just really influenced by like artists who are also producers um because like they're and I, when I think when I say that right now, I'm thinking like particularly locally, um, where the the production choices that they're making serve the song, even if like the genres that we're operating in aren't necessarily the same. Um, like the philosophies and like the intentionality that they have with um, their music as producers themselves, it it just means so much to like be in community with people who like can keep like the integrity of their idea all the way through from like rough draft all the way to final 
version. Yeah, I think those are my favorite um, producers, the ones that, who are artists themselves. The analogy or the comparison I make is it's kind of like uh, how I love for film, I love the writer director. Mm. Where, you know, not only do they write the script, but they're also like they're seeing through the whole vision all the way through. Totally, totally. You know, early, like earlier on in my career, uh, especially when I didn't really know like how to be in a studio. I didn't know what, I didn't know like what things did or I didn't know like the general workflow of bringing a song to life. It always felt like such an odd thing for me to like hand off my song to someone. I like, I, I think I learned, I learned like to be okay with that. And then I also learned how to better communicate like what I wanted to hear in a song to a producer or engineer. Um, but it took a long time. It took a long time to like, really feel like i understood what it took to make a song come to life because sometimes i'd hand a song off to someone and it like wouldn't sound at all what i thought it would become um so that's kind of where like learning to self-produce came from was like i just wanted i wanted my ideas to sound like my ideas i mean that being said you are uh, you've started producing for other artists so i'm curious as to what that approach is like making music for or beats specifically for other people mm. Yeah, um, I think my, I think I do split up a little bit my beat making and my like producer hat. I think for me, producer being a producer of someone's song, for someone's song or like with someone for their song, um, is a really it's like less about the the music itself and more about like the like the. I don't uh, I don't even know how to explain it like just being a person alongside them for the journey like it I being a producer for me feels less about like the, my technical know-how and maybe maybe even like the beats that I'm offering and more about asking them questions like why are you making this song um what what does success for this song look like to you what does it sound like to you and it's more like maybe even more philosophical than it is like technical and musical um, so I think my my producer approach is very like uh, inquisitive and collaborative and supportive of what I, I, I feel like I don't generally tell an artist what my vision for their song is. It's more like what's what uh, it's asking them what their vision is or can we find a place that it meets in the middle? And then when it comes to beat making, I think like um I'm still trying to find my sound in that, but often when I'm making a beat, I'm thinking of already like one or two artists specifically. So I'll like listen through someone's catalog and be like, okay, well they've made this recently. Um, maybe I can explore what it sounds like for their sound to intersect with my sound. And then I'll send them a few beats. Um, so the beat maker and the producer hats, I wear them both sometimes depending on who I'm working with, but sometimes like um, I'll just like send beats off to people. It's uh, interesting the way you can describe your approach as a producer. It sounds like you might be pulling from like the Rick Rubin school of thought mm. in a way because I know like people describe his production style as he he walks into a room and listens to the band jam and then just like asks questions and then walks <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a it's a little bit of that I think. Like, I think I think something Rick Rubin touches on a lot is like his taste for things, like his like 
artists have found his taste to be helpful for their songs or like certain like little musical production choices i think like um you know the song the songs that i've really produced they haven't been hip-hop like they haven't been like even really beat driven like the most um the, the most recent and maybe the most prominent like example of my production was uh desiree's desiree dawson's meet you at the light ep um and like i think the the music we made in that is i'm not certain like people might be able to associate that music with me uh just off like what they're hearing because it's not beat driven um it's very like uh it's very different from what i usually make as an artist um but i think what's similar is this like those questions like those questions and like general support of being in um the studio so that they can deliver the best performance and i was actually uh, meaning to ask about that uh desiree dawson release because you've worked with her on many occasions uh but this uh this release specifically meet you at the light was nominated for a Juno for Adult Contemporary Album of the Year in 2022. So I'm curious as to what made that collaboration particularly special. Mm, yeah, you know, we'd been, we'd known of each other for a little while before we we properly met. But the first, the first place we like really met, sat down and had a good conversation, like a long conversation was um, this uh, SoCan had like a songwriting camp or something. And in that session together, um, we made uh, a full song together, which ended up becoming Move On, which is something that we released like 2019, 2020. Um, and I think over the years, uh, as as peers and collaborators, we like found that it just like felt really good and like easeful to like work together on stuff, whether it was more like her kind of her music or my music or something that wasn't for either of us, but that was like this like a creative exploration between two people. Um, there was just like a yeah there was an ease in like making music together and um in early 2021 um i i became her manager and uh we're thinking of like the next uh release to work on and it became this meet you at the light project and it just made sense based on our our closeness in our working relationship and in our personal relationship and you know the fact that we have we have worked on uh music already prior to that year um it just made sense for like desiree desiree was the lead producer i was the um i was the co-producer with her and uh and olivia kwan uh the three of us were like the core triangle that held that all together and yeah i mean to this day like those sessions are still some of my favorite sessions because it just felt like friends hanging out and um just making something that was really really special what do you have planned for promoting heat check Mm. yeah um the the two things that feel really exciting is like i'm rolling out uh some exciting merch which i haven't announced yet but i'm collaborating with a couple different local businesses to create yeah to create some like collaborative merch which i feel super ex- it's like it's not just like a t-shirt and it's not just like a cd which those things are still happening but like um they're like limited run um kind of like novelty items that i'm super excited to roll out um i you know honestly i'm not quite yet on the like perform a show around it yet like i might 
I there's a part of me that like wants to celebrate those the uh album being out first and then maybe revisit a show in like October um after like the, the summer uh busyness happens but um yeah between the the merch coming out uh, I'm going to hold a listening party pretty soon that'll be announced pretty soon uh and yeah having uh, this press run <laughs> uh, and having sweet conversations with folks like yourself like um, that's that's my focus right now well I'm excited to see what the merch drop looks like when it comes out yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, send you, I'll send you some yeah yeah so you have a known passion for community building and organizing what have been some notable community events that you have either spearheaded or participated in over the last few years obviously you know not during the pandemic but like sure well although virtual yeah yeah um you know i think the the most notable one i mean i i will actually say first like my community organizing these days i'm realizing is like it's because it's less and less like big or like like public and um public and formal and like grandiose um and more like you know gathering like five to ten people every other weekend or something and just like hanging out and like making some music together it feels more like just being the initiator of gathering friends together who work in music um but last was it i think it was february um uh Uido, uh and um the community arts council of vancouver collaborated to host an event at the annex theater um and we programmed uh three artists uh mikey jose uh dakota bear and bukola to perform at an event called music as medicine and that was actually like our company's first our first public event i think um and yeah it was a hit and it was it gave it, it scratched the itch of like okay well what does it look like to like host events again especially now that uh you know folks are more more comfortable gathering in spaces and and we're wanting to do more of that kind of work anyways um yeah but really like really before pandemic started i think community organizing for me looked more like bigger it just looked like bigger but still kind of informal hangouts with people like more like open mic and jams and stuff like that um but yeah i I think later this year um, we're looking at hosting like showcases and stuff like that. Nice. And in what ways did the pandemic affirm for you and your contemporaries, the necessity for community building and engagement? Yeah. Um, I think through the lockdowns, um, it, I think people, uh, unfortunately had to become very fluent with the with the conversations around mental health and like mental illness and loneliness um and i think for so many people who perform especially those who perform and and, or even just like share their music like so much of the music making is the connection um so much of why we're in music is like the connection that we have with our audiences and our contemporaries and our uh, fans um and our collaborators and when 
when that's removed i i don't i don't know anyone that any music person that was um that wasn't affected negatively um by by that time and and still now and so it affirmed really how how important the like the connections and even like the backstage conversations <laughs> you know like um the or, or or conversations between sets or or even just like the like rubbing shoulders with someone who you're you're not like necessarily the closest with but you see each other at every show like having um having peers like that um was something that i found miss like i miss so much about because like sometimes those are the only times that you'd like hear about that person's life and how they're doing and what they're working on next um so i i think we all got um really um intimately familiar with how important uh just human to human connection is you referenced uh actually uh touched on this in regards to a uh, the showcase that you recently hosted uh one of your most uh recent ventures is uh Uido music what is this organization all about so uh Uido stands for, or is a is a tagalog word that means ear for music and uh it's something that uh like you say to someone when maybe they can play the music uh, of a song without sheet music or they haven't learned formally how to play their instrument or whatever they have like an, an uh, intuitive knack for it the reason that we called uh the company Uido is because um we f- felt like there wasn't a uh a blueprint for how to create a company that wasn't a record label and that wasn't just a management company um to support independent artists um you know sometimes uh, an independent artist needs like like a la carte one off services or sometimes they still need it to be like an uh ongoing support but not necessarily like signing 15% of your revenue <laughs> um or assigning to some record deal um so Weedo music uh was started to start to imagine what could be supporting all the gray area um uh, it, the first the first uh things that we we say is like you know sometimes you just need like someone to soundboard with or to consult with about your project and we offer that flexibility as well as like managing artists as well um so there's also like putting together like grant writing packages that aren't necessarily like paying five hundred dollars for your, someone to write your grant um or like or and sometimes there are grant writing packages where they take like ten to twenty percent of the grant that you receive. And I'm like, I'm I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> um so yeah, just like it's a vehicle to continue to challenge and explore what kinds of support are possible um for independent artists locally. That's really cool because I know you've had background with like management and also with Creative BC. So yeah, it's uh, really neat to hear that you're um uh you've got like this taking a venture from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think like being in those different spaces in the industry, like it showed me like where certain gaps are and like what is, what isn't being addressed. And so, yeah, this is like our way to play our part to, to address that gap in the community. That's awesome. Um, what local bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the show for a future episode? Ooh, um, 
Who am I thinking about right now? Um, I've been listening to, do you know Mar Emanuel? Not familiar, actually. Okay, yeah. He just put out a sweet song, um, a music video today. He Mar Emanuel's uh, super dope. I Who else am I listening to? Sade Awele? Heard of her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I mentioned Clear Reader Records at the beginning of this conversation, I think. Um, I think they have a new release, like a long-form release coming out. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the first three names that come to mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can connect the dots, too, if you want, <laughs> if you want support with that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I guess kind of to uh, kind of put a uh, bow on it, um, what excites you most about uh, finally dropping Heat Check? Mm. Um, that it feels like I've had to keep a secret to myself for like a really <laughs> long time. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really looking forward to like sharing sharing in its release with with just people that I've been working on uh, on it with, um, and I'm excited to have my audience get a new body of work for me. Like I think there's some people that I've I've cuz I've actually been I was thinking about this. I've been an artist since like 2016 and I feel like I've you know dropped mixtapes and little EPs here and there but um this is the first time I've felt like I still feel like a new artist um with this being my first release and I'm excited for um the people that have been following me all this time to hear what it sounds like when I put together an intentional full release got an album i got an album <laughs> album yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome i uh yeah looking forward to uh seeing how it does when it's released and i mean i've had a chance to listen to it of course but mm. i'm stoked to see how people react once it's uh once it's out yeah thank you yeah thank you francis this has been awesome yeah you too thanks for listening i'm your host james olson before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just wanted to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio and on our website at PacificSoundRadio.com. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. This is Do You.